Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am joined by a best-selling author who I have literally followed and been in love with since 2015 when I got the, the feeling most is beautiful. Sensual. The most beautiful little package. And I will say that every book you've released since then, you send these beautiful little packages. The Wedding Veil was no exception with the little tea, the little tea container of rosebuds. Um, I have the fabulous Christy Woodson Harvey with me. Welcome, Christy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited to come on. And I feel like this is like our annual tradition now. Like we just, you know, come on, talk about the book, like kicks it off. It's like how I know the book is coming out. Yeah, no, it actually is annual because I sort of revisited our past things and it's literally like every, this time every year. I love it. Um, and you've participated in every platform that I've had to offer. <laughs> so I appreciate you supporting me. Well, I appreciate you supporting me. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. That's very good news. <laughs> yes, I will always support you forever. But your newest novel, The Wedding Veil, which I was just praising before, comes out March 29th. And I just it is, got these. And so I'm like really excited to show them off. Oh, those are the final. They're the final. Oh, they look nice. Yeah, I'm going to need a final. Yeah, you'll get one. Okay. Um, which I loved and we'll, we'll jump into that, but I want to chit chat before, but it is so good. And you like took on historical fiction, like a pro. Like I was, was like, I we thinking? haven't really had this from her. And then I told you I needed a sequel. So obviously your job is done. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so there's a lot to Christy Woodson Harvey, if you don't know, many things. (laughs) She wears many hats. Um, But give us like the 60 second nugget of how you got here today, because you have friends in fiction, which if people don't know about, Mm -hmm. we'll explain about that. You are an Mm -hmm. author. There's going to be a TV show. Like there are so many things. You have an interior design blog. Like the list goes on people. So give us like your little, who are you sales pitch. Today, I'm not really sure. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, we were just discussing. I'm getting ready to leave for my book tour, which is super exciting. But it's always when I feel like the book is coming out and there's so many loose ends to tie up. And I get like, it's exciting, but like nerve wracking. Um, but yeah, so I'm an author. Um, and this is my ninth novel. And, um, my first book came out in 2015. I think you said that dear Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have a design blog with my mom called design chic. And we started it in 2010. So like way before I was, um, writing books, which is really hard to believe. Mm-hmm. And then for, um, those of you who don't, no, you need to come join us over on friends and friends and fiction. It's on Facebook and YouTube and every Wednesday night at 7 PM we go live. It's Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Patty Callahan, Henry, and me. And we interview amazing authors every week. And we talk about books in the writing world and we support independent bookstores. And um, we started in April of 2020 and we thought we were going to do seven shows. And I think we've just filmed like our 160th episode. So um, we also so beyond that have a podcast called the writer's block podcast um, in collaboration with Rockstar librarian, Ron block. And we have a new episode of that that drops every Friday. So there's just a lot And my most recent interview was with Craig Conover from Southern charm. And I was so excited. I Wait, on, on the podcast. Um, yes. So do I. Okay. Yes. So yes. do I. Yeah. Um, so I love him and the show and his new book is called Pillow Talk because, you know, he has that company <gasps> sewing down south. Yes. Yeah. It was super fun. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. And I have a new puppy. You do? I have a new puppy. So there's a lot. Okay. I'm still back on the Craig. I, I, I'm going to, I need to go download that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I love Craig. Yeah. I'm just watching Summer House now. He was really a great guest and he was like very honest and he like, really like went there. Like anything that we asked, he was like, oh yeah. He was like very, he told us a lot. It was great. And about the next season of Southern Charm too. We got some sneak peeks. Okay. I'm going to have to put that. We have a Bravo text chain of all Bravo obsessed moms. (laughs) And I'm going to put that podcast on there. Um, so yeah, so like there's a, we could literally be here for nine hours talking about everything that you just listened. I know we do this every time. It's so bad. We I remember do. the first time we did this and we talked for like an hour and we were like, we have got, this is terrible. Like this is we way have, too long. Right. No People are like, and this. we're turning off, disconnect <laughs> off. Um, 
And yeah, I'm circling back to Friends and Fiction because people absolutely should tune into that. And I just think that is so amazing. And I've loved watching. I mean, it's huge. And you guys are the it's best group of nuts. ladies to chat. I know it it's totally nuts. is. We nuts. were like on our meeting. We have a meeting every Thursday morning and like for a couple of hours and just like plan and whatever. And we all have our jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's a big, you know, I mean, I think people don't necessarily know like what goes into something like that, but it is like, a, it's another job, you know, just like this. Is. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's really fun and we love it, but I think our Facebook group hit 67,000 members, like while we were on our thing this morning Stop. and we were like, what is happening? Like, how is this happening? I mean, it was so bizarre. Truly. We were like seven episodes. All our books will be out. COVID will be over. No one will want to watch this anymore. And it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. We did our first, um, we were the headlining speaker at, um, like the headlining close mm-hmm. at, um, the Savannah book festival a couple of weeks ago. And it was I saw. First, like, and it was like this auditorium full of people. And we yes. Like, your fans. Like we all kind of like got, we were backstage and we were like, we're kind of nervous. Like this yes. is crazy, but it was, really I mean, fun. you guys so, have merch, you guys have merchandise. We, so at that point I would say you merch. have made it and you have, yeah, you yeah. have shirts, cups, all the things. And I feel like that's <laughs> a saying a journal. lot a reading journal. I know you guys have like reading I'm challenges. Really proud of that. We worked hard on that one. I mean, merch I think it's is great. actually one of my jobs. So I'm really glad that you mentioned merch. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to like send you things that I feel like you should, we should have. There needs to be please like do. summer merch. Okay. Well, please send me Totes, I'm always looking coolers, for good merch wine ideas. <laughs> okay. Oh, coolers are good. Yeah. We're doing some I new tumblers. Really... Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I love we're a sold tumbler. out of coffee tumblers. So I was like, let's do a new different tumblers. what about like an etched wine glass I feel like that's fun so we tried to do that we ran into we had coffee mugs last year and it was yeah. a disaster because oh, they break yeah. so we decided that we just could not quite take on the etched wine glasses as of yet until we could figure out better shipping processes okay I mean, I feel like a wine glass would really just sell out in your with your crowd I, I feel like these those ladies would be all about it I agree. And I would like one too. Personally. I would like one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So friends and fiction, you can find them on Facebook and I highly recommend joining in. They have amazing guests. You just had Colleen Hoover this week. Yeah, Colleen Hoover last night. Yes. And I like was, I was the host and I was like kind of nervous for her to come on. And, but yeah, this will make you laugh though. Yeah. So we're like getting ready to go on and she is like going, she's looking through, I don't know what we have like a chat going on the side. And I, I guess maybe Ron and I said something about Craig and we were going to talk about the interview in the chat. And she was like, we interviewed Craig. She was like, Oh my God, I love everything Bravo. And then for like 30 <gasps> seconds, we were like talking about it before we got on. She was like, I'm so obsessed with Bravo. And so then it felt like it was like the perfect icebreaker. Cause then when we went on, I was like, she's so easy though. Like she's the nicest, like most that normal. like elevated my obsession. Like 15,000 right. times because yeah. she not only writes these books that hook you when you read them in like a day, but she's also, yeah. okay. That's, I mean, she's also a big Bravo fan. So it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Love it. Okay. So we're here at your ninth novel, which is crazy because last year was under the Southern sky and the Christmas, right? Cause that would be, that's more than a book a year. I'm not yeah, gonna So it's three books and 11 like, months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Insanity. Yeah. yeah which so it's Christ- insane, but I'll, but I have to tell you, so this wasn't necessarily my plan. So I was contracted mm-hmm. for, like, I had a two book deal. Wait, is that right? I don't know. I can't remember what the deal was. So I won't go into that because I probably will get it wrong. But I was already contracted for the wedding veil. Like, so Under the Southern Sky mm-hmm. was coming out. I had finished, I was finishing the wedding veil and, you know, the world shut down, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so I thought the wedding veil was going to take me a really long time to write because, you know, it was, it was, it's, um, two of the points of view are Edith and Cornelia Vanderbilt. So I had all of this research to do and all of this, you know, like real life stuff that needed Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, and I knew it was going to take me a long time, but then the world shut down. And so I didn't have anything to do, but literally like just immerse myself in the research and the book and the writing. And so I wrote it not like super quickly, but much more quickly probably than I could have written that book had it been normal times. And I was traveling all over and all of that kind of stuff. So um, I had the wedding veil turned in so early that I was like, well, I've always wanted to write another Peachtree Bluff book. And I knew the TV show was getting ready to be announced. And I was like, mm-hmm. I really, it's another pandemic Christmas. I just want to write the Christmas that I wish we were having. And so mm-hmm. 
Um, so I pitched the idea and my publishing house loved it and they were like, great, write it. And so it actually, so I actually wrote Christmas in Peachtree Bluff after the wedding veil, but it came out before just because they fast-tracked that baby. (laughs) So it could come out before the holidays. And I felt like that was like the fans book. Like people wanted that so badly and you made it happen. And I feel like I would, I remember when you were like putting up teasers and stuff about it. And then like when you did the cover of it, I think the cover is so good. Um, and the comments that people would write underneath. I'm like, this is like the power of, of series books. Like people are invested. They want more. It was nuts. And that's really why I wrote it because people kept emailing me like, yeah. please write more Peachtree, please write more Peachtree. And it had been a couple of years. Like I hadn't had a Peachtree book in a couple of years. Right. And so at the beginning, of course, you know, that's going to happen. But then it was like something about the shutdown. I think people, well, I know because they emailed to tell me they were like, oh, we're going back to Peachtree Bluff. We're reading Peachtree again. Please write more Peachtree. And I actually um, kind of went on and did a Facebook post and said like, who wants to go back to Peachtree Bluff yes. before I pitched the idea to my publisher. And it was like my most popular Facebook post I've ever had. And I just sent it on. I was like, I think it will do well if you guys will let me I mean, write you, it. I was going to say, you could have just sent that post and been like, I'm just going to write it. People will buy it. Even if it's like, like a chapter. <laughs> yeah, no, they were like, great, do it. So they're really good. I mean, and you know, to that end, the wedding veil. I mean, when I was like, Hey, I have this idea and it's historical and, and there, there are two contemporary storylines too. So people who are not fans of historical fiction, I don't think it will really throw them too much, but, um, but you know, that was really cool of them to be like, sure, write a historical fiction novel. And they were like, are you switching genres? And I was like, no, and they were like, but you're just okay. gonna, I'm going to just dabble my toe in this dabble. genre, which you did a beautiful job. You did a beautiful Thank job. You. And I think going back to what you just said about fans who like, I never was, I guess if you asked me like seven or eight years ago, if you, if I was a historical fiction fan, I would say no, but yeah. it's finding so, like you're obviously your tried and true fans are going to be all in, but it's finding like, what type of historical fiction do you like? Right. And I, and I right. do think people like I found sort of what I love. Like I love Fiona Davis. Like those are, you know, they're like glamorous. There's a little intrigue, like, you know what I mean? So that's what I love. And I I was like, once I, yeah, I do too. And you're just hooked. And I thought that you did. I love that you had the contemporary storyline. Cause I said, I wanted a sequel for that contemporary storyline. I love that idea. I think that's a really good idea. You're going to make it, you even if it. I just buy it, I'll buy all the copies. And right. If it's just gifts. for you, if it's yeah. just for just you, for me. it really should be written. Just yeah. for me. Um, yeah. But I loved, it still had like the signature Christy touch, but then mm-hmm. you had like delved into this new world. And I, I just, it was so lovely. And it was such a fun other storyline that I didn't know anything about. I ended up Googling and yes, I want to I love hearing that. Yeah. And so, okay. So tell us how you got to this, why you were going to go into historical fiction. Okay. So it's kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it short. Um, so, um, basically like in 2018, we, y'all, y'all heard me talk about this, but we like had to evacuate for a hurricane and, Mm -hmm. um, we went to Asheville in North Carolina and our son was like seven, I guess, six six, he was six. Um, and he had never been to Biltmore. And so we were like, Oh, this will be fun. Like, we're going to just pretend we're on vacation, not like, you know, get, getting out of here for this right. storm. Right. And, um, and so we went to Biltmore and we took him to Biltmore and I'd been many times. And even as an adult, I had been a couple of times, but I guess maybe I hadn't been as a writer. And when I was there, I just, I got really interested in Edith Vanderbilt. And I just thought like, I didn't really realize that she was very young when her husband, George died and left her you know, the largest home in the country to keep up. And this was, you know, 1914 women couldn't Mm -hmm. even vote yet. And so once he died, um, most of his money was actually left to his daughter, Cornelia in trust. And she didn't get it till she was 25. And so I just started thinking like the more research that I did about her, the more I was like, this woman's really amazing. And I, so I went home and I kept wanting to read a novel about her and there just Mm -hmm. wasn't one that I could find. And I kept saying, someone should write a book about her. Okay. Shelve that fast forward. Um, it was my, my cousin was getting married and, um, my husband has my husband's not my husband, but my husband's family has this really beautiful wedding veil that I wore, um, when we got married and my sister-in-law wore and like 
other members of his family, his family have worn and some of her friends have worn. And it's just become this kind of like, you know, beautiful, like symbol that, you know, a lot of people have worn. And so I really wanted my cousin to wear it. And it's just so beautiful. So, um, I was actually like putting it on her head, um, as she was getting ready to like leave the bridal suite to walk down the aisle. And I just, and I was like, oh, this is so cool that like, we're connected to all these women who have worn this wedding veil, even though we might not have ever worn it. And I was like, I mean, we might not have ever met them. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, this is a book that, you know, I need to write about. So um, I called my agent the next day and said, I have this idea for this book called The Wedding Veil. And um, this is what it's going to be about. I'm going to write about these like three women. And then I'm going to have these five little vignettes. And it's all going to be women who wore this wedding veil. And she was like, I love that idea. It's perfectly on brand for you. And I actually thought about making it a series, like The Wedding Veil and The Wedding Pearls and the da-da-da. Yeah. Um, and she just said, what if you wrote about a real historical wedding veil? And I was like, yeah, like I could do that. But I, you know, but I was like, what are the chances that I'm going to find a real historical wedding veil that I'm so excited about that I want to write about this woman for a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was up one night, this is probably 18 months after the storm, but we were still not back in our house. And we had a lot of hurricane damage. So I was like sitting at this house that we were renting and Googled Edith Vanderbilt's wedding veil, just on a total whim. Like maybe she had a cool wedding veil. And a story popped up about a family veil of hers that her mother wore, her sisters wore, Edith wore, her daughter Cornelia wore, and then it disappeared and no one knows what happened to it. And I was like, okay, well, that's my book. I mean, that's a story that I need to tell. So um, I pitched the idea and here we are. (laughs) That was a sign of all signs. It was, right? I mean, it was really, I remember being like, Whoa, I actually started it that night. I was like, oh, this is obviously a book I'm supposed to write. And there were little things along the way like that, that, you know, kind of would sort of pique my interest or something that I would be like, am I supposed to be writing this? Should I be writing this? And there'd be like a little something. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to write this. So um, it felt like the story was kind of delivered to me almost. It was really amazing. Well, okay. So you decide on that. What was the research piece? like for you're going, this actually happened. Like these are real people. What did you do? Like, how did you sort of gather all that info together? Because your other works. Oh, I was the Southern sky. We talked, you did research and stuff because you were talking, but, but like, not like this, nothing like this. this. And even if I had written a historical novel, you know, Mm -hmm. if I had written this book and I, and two of my characters were, you know, it was 1916 and 1935. Like I, I would have had to do some time period research, but that would have been about it. But these are real, these are two real women. So, um, the research was very different than I thought it was going to be because, Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was going to be at Biltmore all the time. I thought it was going to be in these libraries. I'd already like contacted some librarians at UNC Chapel Hill. And there was, there's so much information at the Asheville library about you know, the Vanderbilts and all of that. And so I thought I was going to be like in library stacks and like at the house and like doing all of this research. And, um, I started the book in March of 2020. So as you can imagine, I did not do any of that at first anyway, but I kind of semi panicked because I was like, I'm writing a historical novel and I can't leave my house. Like, how am I going to do this? So it actually kind of worked out weirdly because I read every single book that I could get my hands on that mm-hmm. like was about this family at all, like not even about really Edith and Cornelia, but just like everything I could find. And honestly, I mean, I got a newspapers.com account and every, I, 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 I mean, I'm joking, but I am kind of not like, I think every time that the phrases Edith Vanderbilt or Cornelia Vanderbilt were ever in a newspaper anywhere in the country, I have read them. You read the article, <laughs> read all the articles. And it was actually interesting because, um, I learned like really quickly, they were so famous that when someone would write about them, it was syndicated everywhere. So you might find an article and you would think, oh, well, this is like 37 copies of the same article, but every paper would like write something a little bit different, or there would be like a line here or a line there, or a couple of paragraphs that like this paper cut, but this Mm -hmm. paper didn't. And um, a lot of times you'd get a lot of really good information. There's also a ton of, um, misinformation. And there were tons of like really conflicting reports on things. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. And 
complicated, but also not because I thought, well, I'm writing fiction and I just kind of go with the version that suits my story. Um, but all of that to say, it wasn't the worst thing because I went into this story, you know, I'm not writing a biography of these two women. I'm writing a fictional account right. of a piece of their lives, but I had to figure out what is the piece of their lives that I want to write a story about. So I started the story um, when George Vanderbilt dies, and then I ended it at a place I won't tell you because it will give away the end of the book. Well, you know, but yeah. um, if people don't know the history, right. I don't want to tell them the don't end tell. of the book. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, chose this very specific period of time and these very specific things that I knew happened within that period of time. So that was actually really helpful because um, I knew my story, I wrote my first draft, and then by the time that was finished, um, things were not open, but they were opening a little bit. So I was at least able to go and like, you know, go to Biltmore and interview people and go on tours and, um, and do all of that kind of stuff. So it was almost even more helpful because I had this first draft. And so I knew like, okay, well in this chapter, I, there are three different accounts of what happened here. So I need to find out what the real one is, or, you know, I'm talking about this room, but it's not on the real tour and I've never mm -hmm. seen it. So I need to make sure that like, I get to go to that part of the house or, you know, those types of things. Right. I was like very clear on these are the things because otherwise it could have been like the most all encompassing, overwhelming thing in the world. So in some ways it worked out better um, that I was just able to kind of like really finely tune the book once I was able to get out in the world and do research, um, but, and I had a lot of librarians help me. I mean, thank goodness for librarians because they were mostly working from home. And so I was able to contact right. librarians and say, can you help me look at this? Or I can't find this. Or um, I even had like this librarian at Chapel Hill who taught me, this sounds really stupid because newspapers.com is basically a search engine, but it's like, he taught me how to use it in like these really specific ways so that I found like way more information. I'm sure, yeah than I would have if I was just like going in cold by myself. So right. um, it was great. It was really interesting. Did you, and I didn't even put that together that it was just the beginning of all of this craziness yeah. and you were like, yeah. okay, I'm going to start this book and, and this yeah. is a whole new like, process for I was me. Like, this is the worst possible timing. And I almost was like, I'm just going to go back to my original idea. But then I was like, you know, I think, mm -hmm. I think I'm supposed to tell this story. Like I've, you, you know, are. I feel pretty invested in it. So you totally were. Did you have the whole Vanderbilt like when you're going back and forth between the three, the three stories. So Jewel, Julia, Babs, and then the Vanderbilt girls, yeah. how do you break that down? Like, do you, do you know, like what's going to happen for all three of them and then intertwine them like a puzzle? Like I always am so, cause I love books that flip between, like, I love historical fiction. That's like contemporary. And then in the past, obviously, oh, okay. but how I always am so fascinated because I'm like, it's really like three books in one. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> okay. So, um, I don't outline, I am just mm -hmm. a total fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. Yeah. And actually when I say like, Oh, I figured out the story. I really was probably halfway through a draft when I was like, okay, I'm really going to hone in and this is the pieces that I'm going to do. So I actually have some chapters that I ended up totally throwing out because they didn't fit my story. And mm -hmm. when I say it's 19, like when it's that time period, it is, but you have flashbacks and you have like, obviously, I mean, the opening chapter, the, the prologue to this book is Edith Vanderbilt is like a tiny little girl. So that was, you know, way right. before that. So, um, you know, you, you see different things, but that's kind of the main story that I was telling, but because I don't outline or anything like that, I was just doing what I always do and just kind of writing the story as I sort of felt it coming to me. But then when I got finished with it, I didn't feel like the chapters were in the right order, mm -hmm. which is the negative of not outlining. <laughs> and so the, the end was like at the end, you're kind of unraveling the secret. And so like, you're seeing things in the present that are like, kind of like a little bit of a clue. And then you're getting the answer in the past. So that all lined up really well. Mm -hmm. So that was fine. We were good on that, but it was like the beginning parts so that I was like, this isn't quite right. So I ended up taking the stories apart and I like had the contemporary story and the historical story. And I kind of made sure that like as standalones, like this could be a book and this could be a yeah. book. And then I was like, okay, how do we put these back together? And that's my editor and I actually kind of worked on it because like we, we had like two or three different ways that we were thinking about 
And we really ended up, and you can kind of see um, probably at least the first like half to two thirds of this book, Julia, who's one of our modern day protagonists, she has almost every other chapter. So it's like mm -hmm. Julia, Edith Vanderbilt, Julia, Cornelia Vanderbilt, Julia Babs, Julia, Edith, Van you know, it's kind of like mm -hmm. that. Um, and actually when I started out too, Cornelia was going to be a very minor part of the story. We were only going to have like three Cornelia Vanderbilt chapters because I just, there wasn't a lot about her. Like I couldn't yeah. find as much about her, but then the more I got into the story, the more I was like, oh, she's like kind of the most interesting character we have, you know, yeah. <laughs> like she's really fascinating. So, um, so that changed because I ended up just wanting to tell a lot more story about her, but in the end I ended up having to cut, you know, big pieces, especially of my historical story. Cause I just don't want the book to be super long either. You know, I didn't right. want to give you this like 600 page massive tome. Um, right. <laughs> but I had a lot and you know, it's my normal, it's, it's my normal 400 ish pages. And that's, I mean, that's what all my books are. So it's, yeah, well, it goes by so quick because you're getting these little snapshots and then you're like, okay, I leave this. Okay, okay, I have to go back to this story. And then you're like, but wait, I need to figure out what's happening with Julia. So then you're like, okay, I got to get to the next chapter. And then just like yeah. you said, it alternates back and forth, which, Thanks and I loved the the Julia chapters. And I just love, like, actually, we didn't even give like a little blurb about like the book. No one probably, <laughs> we didn't even say anything about that. We didn't say, like, People are like, who's Julia? What? Julia. Okay. All right. So let me give you a little, let me tell you what the book is about. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, you know, so I sort of mentioned the, in the historical storyline, the book opens with George Vanderbilt's death. And so the story is really, it begins about this mother and daughter um, trying to not only keep up this amazing home, but also to preserve this man's legacy. You know, that's really their purpose after he died. Mm -hmm but they start to have differing ideas about what that means and what that looks like and even what they want out of life. Um, and that is when um, things really start to change for our Vanderbilt ladies and the future of the home and their family is really up in the air. And so in the present day story, we have Julia and Babs who are grandmother and granddaughter and Julia is getting ready for her wedding. And her grandmother is about to put a wedding veil on her head. And this veil means everything to their family. It's something that their great grandmother obtained by means that no one's really quite sure of, but it's come to be this symbol of like good luck and happiness and love and long marriage and all of these things in their family. Mm -hmm. So, um, she's about to put the wedding veil on Julia's head and Julia realizes that she can't marry the man that she's about to put down the aisle to, because if she does, she's going to be the one to sully the name of the famous fan of the famous family wedding veil. And so she escapes on her honeymoon to the Virgin Islands to kind of work out her life and figure out what she's going to do. Cause she has some other things going on besides yeah. just this falling apart marriage. Um, and at the same time, Babs has just lost her husband of over 60 years or not just a little over a year before the story starts. She's lost her husband and her life has just changed and she wants something different. She doesn't feel, she feels like she's trying to remake the life that they had and and she can't do that because he's gone. So um, she moves into this graduated living facility and um, a man that played an important role in her past comes back and um, she has to make some really big decisions about what her future is going to hold. So, and at the center of the story is this wedding veil yeah. that plays a part in all of their stories. So perfectly said and so, <laughs> so good. And I feel like at the beginning, when you start um, Julia's storyline, there's like a big, like, oh boy, at the beginning, which we're not going to say, but yeah. I was like, it immediately sucks you right in to see. And I just loved like the journey. Right yeah. There's a big bombshell. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like little bombshells throughout the whole thing. But I just, I loved that, like you were just hooked immediately. And I think oh, that fans of yours will love this because like I said, it has like your signature charm and just like your, the characters you just love so much. But I also think it is like the perfect little segue book for people wanting to experiment with historical fiction because it's so, that storyline is so fun and you're just dying to know what is going on. How does, how do they all sort of connect and come together? And yeah. Well, I do feel like the historical storylines, I mean, 
Edith and Cornelia are like characters that I could have easily made up. Totally. I mean, like they are these women that like, I would want to write about, like they're Mm -hmm. interesting and they're like really forward thinking and they have all these like goals and they're overcoming these big obstacles and they're recreating their lives. And I mean, so I think that's what was interesting about it too, because it wasn't like, I was writing about these real women, but they felt like they felt very true to someone that like, I would have just wanted to make up and write a story about because they were so interesting to me. So I do think like, I think people who have read my other books will not feel like, Oh, this is big historical fiction. Cause it's agree. It's not like, it's, it's like the same women that I would have written. They just happen to be real. <laughs> totally. No, I totally agree. And I, I just feel like you, I'm so glad that you sort of dipped your toe into this. Do you think you would do it again? Yeah. Um, and actually, so my book that comes out in 23, I don't know for sure. I think it's going to be called the summer of songbirds. I'm not mm-hmm. positive, but it is contemporary. But the one that um, I have for 24 is historical and it's not, I mean, it's, it's contemporary historical, but it's, it's not about real people like Edith and Cornelia. Um, It's actually set in the keys in like the 1960s, 50s, and then in the present day. So um, it's kind of, it's a story I've wanted to tell for a really long time. Um, And it's actually like based on something that happened in my own family, which is kind of cool. So, um, so it's definitely like a genre that I can see myself like continuing to dip my toe into. Um, I don't know that I'll write about any other real women except one. There's one that I know that I will write about. It will not be for a long time because I have such a massive, massive amount of her personal items and papers that it will take me 10 years to even like wade through them. So I'm not going to tell you who it is, Okay, but it's someone that I think um, readers are going to be really interested in. And it's someone that I'm shocked no one's written a book about, and I'm terrified that they're going to. (laughs) I mean, even if they do, you'll have your own. That's true. You have your own. I I know. I I always think about that because like, I have so many books. I feel like at one point there was a lot. Well, like I think about like was it two years ago, maybe. And like a bunch of like books about Grace Kelly came out and they were all so different and like, so wonderful. And like, there's been a lot of books about like Chanel that have come out. And so I feel like you're you're right. You're absolutely right. That's true. That's true. So that's true. And I do think everyone has, like, I have this piece of this woman's life and it took me a while to, and it's interesting because what I thought was going to be the story that I wanted to tell about her ended up like when I really started digging into the research, I was like, this is insane. Like this, and it's one of those things that like, you can look at someone's life. Like I have like 900 of her personal letters, 900. What? This is okay. This is too mysterious for me. I'll tell you later. Okay. (laughs) But I'm like, like, how do you even have these letters? What is going on here? It's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, so just to be able to like tell like the story of her life, but, but I'm like reading it and I'm like, this is like so cinematic. Like I could not make up a story this good. Like, this is so good. To think that that was someone's like actual life is just really oh, interesting. I can't even but wait. but all that to say, the piece of her life that like floors me the most is probably very different than like if another author was looking at the same woman's life, she mm-hmm. might have a different part of her story that she wanted to tell. Right. Um, and so I think that's you know you're right about that. I mean, everyone's telling a very different story, and again, and it's fiction. I mean, none of us really know, so we're trying to interpret what's going on in their head. Although, if you have 900 of someone's letters, I know you kind well, of know what was going you'll on. You'll be in their like head. the you're going to be like the expert. Yeah, I mean, of whatever it's hard this is, not, it's whatever like okay, this. well, I know what's going on in her head because I've read 900 letters that she wrote. You know, I mean, I haven't read them all yet, but I've read a lot of them. Yeah. Um. But next year you're going back to your tried and true, just yes, contemporary I'm going back to contemporary. Fiction. Yes. Yes. Okay. Can you tell that. us anything well, about it? I like not like, I'm not like, really. Not you told us tell the you title. No, I can. I mean, I, I, we, the deal is done. Um, and so I, I think I can tell you about it. Um, but I just don't even really know how to talk about it yet, but basically, okay. um, it's, it's about these three best friends. And then one of their aunts owns a summer camp and they all went to the summer camp their whole lives. And 
So kind of like the backdrop of the story is that like in the post-COVID world, the camp is really struggling like to stay alive. And so they get together and the camp's going to close and they get together and they're like, no, we're going to save the summer camp. So that's kind of like the backdrop of the story, but that's not really what the book is about. So the book is actually like um, kind of one of the main storylines is that um, one of my protagonists is an attorney and she finds out something um, very damning about her fiance's, I mean, her best friend's fiance, but he is her client. So she has to, and she's a single mother of a four-year-old. So she has to decide, like, am I going to tell my best friend and get disbarred and lose my job? That is my income for my child as a single mother, or am I going to um, tell her the truth? And I mean, or or am I going to not tell her and let her marry this man that I know is kind of a monster and complicating the situation is that um, she has had this sort of, um, her best friend's brother was kind of the one that like got away and they've sort of always loved each other, but she didn't want them together. And so they broke up because of that. And, um, so there's, it's a little bit of like a black mark on her record. Right. So like, it's, it's not, it's not a real cut and dry solution. Um, so anyway, but there's, there's a lot of other things going on in the book too, but, um, but that's kind of my, the main, the main situation, but, um, it was so fun to write. And it was just like, it's, we get to see two of these best friends and then, and then the aunt. So she has like a little bit of a different storyline too. She has a, she has some things going on also. So, so I can't really sounds talk about good. it well, but I, well, but I mean, that sounds like amazing and there is a lot going on. That sounds super exciting. Um, okay. But going back to the wedding veil, it comes out March 29th. So a couple of weeks away and you have like 7 million tour dates up on your website. <laughs> more yep. to come exactly 7 million and, and 7 I feel million like <laughs> yeah. and, a I, lot. and there's a lot like stories. a mix of in-person and then you have some virtual right I do have some virtual not some as virtual. many as I've been doing but I do have some virtual um and I do you know it's funny because it looks like such a big tour to me now and I like kind of laugh because it's like a three-week tour and like in 2019 I did a six-week tour and then like you know 42 other events outside of those six weeks or something. But now after not like doing those big tours for a little while, it feels like it's a lot, but, um, it's mostly in the Southeast, but, um, yeah. So I'm hoping that by next year and I'm actually getting ready to add on over the summer, I have a lot more, like, like, I think we have a New Jersey day. We've got Ohio dates. Like I think as the summer, but it was, it was one of those things where we kept planning these big tours and then having to cancel them. And we ran right, the big tour right. and we would have to cancel it. And so we were just like, if I'm in the Southeast, I can drive. And, and then if things get canceled, it's not that big of a deal. Cause we don't have right. to cancel a plane ticket. And I have so many unused like cancellation dollars. <laughs> well, I feel like you're in a good spot because knock on wood, hopefully like things are projecting so. towards getting better. And I did, I yeah. felt bad. Like just listening to, I mean, the tour is obviously so fun for you guys and like the sort of cherry on the Sunday to celebrate like, you know, a year plus worth of your work and, you know, everybody wants to come out and see, but also like friends in fiction, like it's an, it's so amazing that we've had these platforms, you know, not to sort of keep the momentum going. It wasn't like, okay, COVID happened and like book stuff stopping, like just, you know what I mean? No, it was amazing. And I think all of us would tell you that, I mean, amazing things happen for our books and our careers, even when mm-hmm. the world was shut down because of friends and fiction, because of virtual events, because of people like you that were like, okay, we're just going to keep this going. We're going to pick it up. We're going to do videos. We're going to do. And yep. um, it was incredible. I mean, I had two New York times bestsellers, my first two New York times bestsellers during a pandemic, which is hilarious and amazing. ironic that like, I wasn't even going anywhere hardly. <laughs> Because you were providing what we needed. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, I couldn't read, you know, I was struggling, whatever. And yeah. I think a majority of people weren't. And and I definitely wasn't because I was like, I don't, I can't like think of, I want to think about something that is another world for me. And like, that's just a testament to you. Like people were like discovering you or fans of yours and you just provided, you know, this gateway to be like, oh, I just am going to live in a Christy Woodson Harvey book for a couple of days and, and things will be better for me. 
And- well, and that's what I did. I mean, truly, really? I, was, I, I was like, I'm going to live. I'm just going to go live in this story for a little while. And things yes. were terrible and they were shutting down and you would wake up every morning to this dread and panic. And yeah. I would be like, I'm not even going to get out of bed. I'm going to go to Biltmore. Right. Like, I'm just going to research my book and pretend that I'm in some estate. Like it provided some comfort because part of this story is set during World War II and the Spanish flu and all of that. And, you know, there were, I mean, obviously now, like we're seeing even more of that, but there are these echoes of like history repeating and the fact Mm -hmm. that, you know, these, these times happen and they're awful and they change you forever, but they end. And I think that was, um, that was kind of a nice message to be receiving. Like, I remember like counting and doing math. I was like, okay, how long did the Spanish flu last? Like, surely we can get through a pandemic. Like, you know, it was two years and two months. So hopefully. Okay. Well, we're getting there then. If we can do it. We're we're almost to May. So we're almost to May. Two years and two months. (laughs) But, Um, um, but it was, it was fun to get to kind of just disappear into these books. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm sure. And it was just equally as if not more fun to read them. And like I said, you just create a world and people who feel tangible or like that you might know, or that you want to know. And that, you know, provided so much comfort and fun in a time that, you know, totally stunk. So, um, so I'm not surprised that you were on the New York times bestseller list actually. So there you go. Okay. Okay. Also happened. So like those things are happening and then just like drops this bomb an amazing, like a glitter bomb, not like a, (laughs) that you're getting a TV series, which I feel like two years ago when we did zoom, we were talking Mm -hmm. about this. We were like, like backstage backstage like yeah, you totally. and I were talking about it but yeah, not you like, and I know yeah. no it wasn't broadcast we were it talking about yeah. it um and it's seriously happening so tell us like tell us what you can tell us because this is so exciting yeah I'll tell you what I can tell you so um it's been crazy like the books were first options in 2019 I think when the mm-hmm. southern side of paradise came out which is the third book in the peach tree bluff series I've had to retrain myself because I always say the last book in the peach tree bluff series and I'm like well no no I read another one and I might write another one so it wasn't yeah. the last <laughs> it was the third yeah um and so the there were some producers that were interested in it they came to Beaufort North Carolina where I live which is like the real peach tree bluff and Um, they were so great and we had so much fun and they were like, this is like a real place like that you wrote about. We have to, we have to do this. So, um, it was a long process, partly because of COVID. Um, but actually there were like some pros and cons to that because, because the world was changing so quickly, I ended up being able to actually write the pilot with the um, with the writing team, because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do that. Cause I would have had to be in LA for a long time. And mm-hmm. like my schedule just wouldn't have really allowed for that. So, um, so that was kind of cool. Cause I got to write the pilot with them, um, during actually, you know, timing is everything. I was writing the pilot with them during the Christmas and peach tree bluff tour. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, I'm really tired. Like, <laughs> I don't want to, you're like, but wait, it's going to be a TV show. So but it's going to be sec. great. And it was like, yeah. and it was so fun too, like to be able to like reimagine Peachtree Bluff, like for TV. And, um, mm-hmm. so anyway, that was really great. And, um, yeah, so we, we worked really hard on it and, um, I'm telling this in all the wrong order, but we actually ended up like selling the show to NBC before we wrote the pilot. And so it is in development with NBC right now. And we'll see. I mean, you know, we hope for the best. I hope it gets made. Um, a lot of things do, a lot of things don't. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't end up like, you know, going on NBC, there are still other options for it, which is the good news. So okay. it's not like it would be the end of the road, but you know, so far it's been a really great experience and everyone's been really enthusiastic about it. And, um, and I do kind of feel like it's a good show for now. Like it's, um, I mean, we, we amped up the drama a little bit, you know, just to kind of, cause it's TV, but it's, it's a, still, it's a feel good show. You know, it will be a feel good. It's a family sister feel good show, which does NBC, like. same me too. Does, and so do they have the script that you wrote? Would will, will they be, or okay. So they're yes. keeping what you wrote before you 
yeah, well, auctioned it to them, right? Well, and that's what I backwards. was saying is that I said this in the wrong order. Oh, okay. They actually bought it and then first, wrote then the you wrote. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, yeah. good. They're keep okay, good. Yeah. So yeah. So so they had a lot of input and like, you know, every draft they were mm-hmm. like giving their notes and their thoughts and their feedback. And um, and actually, you know, we we might have more revisions to go, you know, I don't know, but um, but for now, um, that's very exciting. So we'll it rem- like, not that this is the same story and maybe we talked about this two years ago when we did our behind the scenes chat, but do you ever remember that show on, I, I think I said this to you, it was on the, the old network called the WB, which is obviously like Dawson's yeah, Creek and, stuff, and it was called Savannah. Do you remember that? No. And it was about sisters. We haven't talked about this because I don't know that show. I have to go watch oh, it. Oh my God. It was so good. It was like the one of the sisters was um, Blake Lively's sister, Robin Lively, I think. I mean, I'm going to send you the show. Oh my God. I was like obsessed and it was and it was in Savannah and it was like the dad was like this rich guy. It was so good. I think it was only on for I like a season. It? Maybe. We'll find it. I, I mean, feel like TV. you would love like, it. Like there's somewhere. No, it's probably there, on YouTube. It, it it's probably somewhere. on YouTube or something. Yeah. 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 Um, But that's like in my mind, I just see like a sweeping family in this beautiful setting and these sisters and all of it. It's going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. It's totally happening. It's the totally only happening. option. I mean, I can't believe that we're this far. Like it, it blows my mind because I've had things optioned before and like yeah. things that, and things that we were like, oh, this is getting made. And then like this one little thing would happen and it's like, it all falls apart. I know it's so, I mean, I'm saying this from like a fan reader, like pop culture person that you see these, like I'll follow like deadline and see like some of my favorite books gets, get announced. And then like nothing ends up happening. And like you said, like it takes a lot, things can change. And I'm like, Oh, can't they just make something out of all the good stuff and just make it happen. Just make it happen for us. I know it's hard. It's crazy. And I do think there are more, there are so many more ways to make things happen now, you know, and there's so many more networks and the streamers and like we, there's a lot more content being created, I feel like. So, right. And I do think that like COVID changed that a little bit too, because, you know, there is a backlog a little bit. And so that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason that we, maybe it took us like a, a hair longer to sell it than maybe it would have just because there were so many networks or, you know, whatever that would say like, we love this idea, but we're so behind right now. Like we can't mm-hmm. like come back to us in a year. So, um, so that's ultimately what happened, which was great. Well, it's going to happen. And someday we'll sit here on our annual chat and you'll be like, Oh, I walked the red carpet at the peach tree blush series, like, and all the stars were there and we'll be like, yeah. Oh my gosh, we talked about this. That is so fun. It's going to happen. I hope that happens. Okay. We're going to do Christy Woodson Harvey's chic list. Yes. Okay. Are we ready? I feel like this is something I probably should have prepared for. Okay. Go it's ahead. fine. Cause you're just gonna, okay. you're just gonna just get, I, you're gonna out. have great answers. I feel it. Okay. 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 Here we go. What three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? Definitely Reese Witherspoon because I mean, she, the queen of the book club, right? Of course. Um, definitely Princess Diana. Um, this is a two second segue, but I have to tell you, I did a, um, a giveaway the other day. And the question was what celebrity wedding would you have wanted to attend? There mm-hmm. were like 1400 answers and like 1275 of them were princess Diana's <gasps> wedding. It was unbelievable. I agree, yeah. Um, I thought you were just and- like, this is a two second segue. I have 900 of her letters. I was going to be like, okay, oh, no, this no. Over. Oh, <laughs> that, oh my God. It's not princess Diana who I'm writing about, but that'd be so cool. But, um, but the, the place where I'm, so I'm having my launch party in Salisbury, which is my hometown and the family that's like hosting the party at their house. Um, she, they own two of princess Diana's gowns. And so they spend ah. time, they like, they travel the world, you know, cause they're on display all the time, even though like, yeah. they're their dresses, but she brought them home. She's bringing them home for the party. So I'm like, this is so cool. Like people who come to the party are going to get to have like see two of her real life gowns, which I think is so cool. No okay, deal. so that's my second. No okay, deal. So Reese Witherspoon, Princess Diana, and um, who else would I want to have? Like maybe like my great grandmother who I never met. Oh, that's a good book club. Oh, she's not a celebrity, but. That doesn't matter. Okay. I, it was anybody living or oh, dead. Okay. Whoever you wanted. I love that. I want to join that book club. Um, Current binge series. Um, Read or watch? Watch. We'll get to books after. Um, Inventing Anna. 
Oh yeah. I haven't started that yet, but I did read the book of the best friend. Okay. Crazy. crazy. That story is crazy. It's crazy. And I'm like, and this is the thing somebody asked me today, like, who's the villain that you identify with or that you like empathize with? And I'm like, kind of her. Like, I don't know why. I'm like, this woman is like, why are we not more like horrified by her? But I feel like half the world is like, yeah, Anna, like she, how, how does she, how do you get famous from like stealing from people? I don't know. It's bad. It says bad things about us, I'm sure, but she's so, so interesting. It's like, I just want to like analyze her. It's very, yeah, it's so fascinating. But if you, I listen to the audible of, my friend, Anna, and I'm blanking on yeah. the author, her friend, her real friend who like this really Rachel happened to Deloach Rachel. Yeah. I had so much anxiety. I was like, if I was ever, and like her talking about making the phone calls, like the, I'm like, I have so much anxiety oh. thinking of this in like a foreign oh. country with no money. This girl totally like screwed them over. That like, episode of the show. I was like, I am like coming out of my skin. This is I have to start it. I've heard only the yeah. best things. And it's really interesting because it's like, you see every person's side of the yeah. side of the story that's like involved in the story. It was really it's good. Okay. I'm excited to watch. Okay. Last favorite book and current read. Um, I loved the Magnolia Palace by Fiona Davis. Same. So good. So good. Um, and I'm trying to think, what am I reading right now? I've just read, I've read so many good books lately. Like do you ever do this? Mm-hmm. Like you just yeah. blank on like yeah. I'm reading a thousand things and I can't mm-hmm. think of, um, I just started guilt by Jamie Brenner, which I love her. Um, and I, I love do too. Book. Have you read okay, the book? I'm, sa- I'm saving it now because it's like, it's like you, like there's authors where it's like, Oh my God, like I, I got it. I'm so excited to read it. And then it's like, but then it's like, it's over after. And then we just have to wait. Yeah. So uh, you want to save year. her it? Well, and Jamie's actually coming here to Thurford, which I'm so excited. I like invited. I was like, Hey, do you want to come do like these two events with me? And she was like, sure. And I was like, she's the best. Like she's literally the best. I've never met her in person, but I feel like I've met her. You have in her neck of the woods. I met her in New York, but, um, a couple of times and she's great. So I'm excited to have her. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited that you guys will do that. And I'm excited to read Gil. Okay, so Gil and Magdalene, great, two great, and we love Fiona. She's so good. Um, okay, let's see. I just lost my little page of notes here. Okay, um, describe your writing space, which I know is your new little office. Yeah, so I was telling you like half of it's done and half of it's not, which is hilarious, but I've been working on, so we've been doing this edition for like a year and it's almost mm-hmm. done. We're like almost, almost done. So this is my office here. You can see like, so it has these lucite shelves and I'm so excited about them. And there are my library lights right there and my little doors. And I have the prettiest desk. It's like a marble gold desk that my husband actually got it for me a couple of years ago for my birthday. Cause I was like dying for it. And it's been sitting in storage because then like our house got ruined. (laughs) Um, I couldn't, I don't know where to put it. So I'm so excited to like have my desk. And, um, and so this that you can see behind me, they're like, six of those. This is six. Yeah. There's six of those. So I have like a lot of space for books. They're like 12 feet tall or something. I know they're so high. That's amazing. I love that. Love it. Um, I feel like you'll have some good answer for this. Name something chic. Something chic. Um, God, there's so many good things. That's a good answer for that. Um, I feel like I'm more in like a interiors kind of space with it. And um, I'm really like just anything clean. I feel like it's chic right now, you know, just like not in my bookcases because I want them to be very cluttered. But besides that, just like clean spaces are like super chic right now. And pearls, let's say pearls. pearls. I'm a Southern girl. Pearls are always chic. We love right? pearls. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite book that you gift? Um, yes. Well, and actually sometimes it changes. So actually this year I gave all of my friends, um, Patty Callahan's Once Upon a Wardrobe, Mm -hmm. um, for Christmas, but, um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is my favorite book. And I gift that a lot. I love that. That's a great choice. Like all ages of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you could have one song as the theme song of your life, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. 
Okay. I don't know, but I had to pick this walkout music for an event that I did, um, a couple of years ago. And it took me longer than like writing my speech or anything else. I like really yeah. ruminated over it. So I'll give you that one. Okay. Um, I, my walkout was, um, was Carrie Underwood's champion. Do you know that song? Like oh, they yes. used to play on like yes. the Super Bowl and stuff. And I was like, this song is so great. It gets me so pumped up. So like that I think that's, song. that's such a great song. That's so funny though. It took you. I mean, I could see why. I mean, you'd want something that forever. really was gonna like give you the like gusto to get out and do what you when had to do. When I was gonna do. be on stage, it was like this sort of like women's like I don't know dinner thing, and everyone was very like it was all these like amazing women that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be on stage with all these women, and what if their yeah. song is cooler than my song? You know, <laughs> it was that. That's whatever. a good choice. I like that. Um, must have beauty item. So mm, this is going to make you laugh, but I have worn the same bare minerals, like powder foundation, like since high school and I will try and I'll try something new and then I'll go back to it and then I'll try something new and then I'll go back to it and then I'll try something new and I'll go back to it. And finally, I'm just like, maybe just wear it. Cause that's what you like. Yes. No. And I, I think it. if it's a tried and true, it always yeah. works and keep using it. Right. I love that. Oh, I used to oh use and that. you know what else? I think we talked about this last time, but, but um, that Thrive Cosmetics yes. mascara. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, like, we did talk eyeball. about that. Yeah, yes, so I love the Thrive. It, so it literally works. People Like it's not a joke. So like, no, I feel like if you're scrolling on Instagram, they're always like every other, like for me, every time I'm scrolling, it's every other video of somebody doing it. And I'm like, you people should be influenced by this because it actually does it's work. so good. Yeah, and that was me. Like I saw it on Instagram so much. I was finally like, I am going to buy this mascara. So y'all will leave me alone. And then I was like, this is the best mascara. Like, it's like one of the why. only like auto ship products that I have. It works so well. It's so good. It really is so good. Um, if you could name one lipstick after a book, what would you call it? And what shade would it be? <laughs> um, well, it definitely has to be, oh, I mean the wedding veil. That's like a perfect name. I feel like it totally is. Yeah. What so, um, and it would just be like a, like a really, like a really beautiful purpley pink, kind of like this. Like I like a pink that has just a touch of purple in it. So it'd be kind of yeah. like color. Like a bluish pink. We not should, like a yeah, we should, reddish. not like a hot pink, but like a no. like little, you know, how to look yeah, hair, like I see lavender it. to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We should, we should, we should that. make that. We should make that. Well, mm -hmm. when Fiona and I talked about the Magnolia Palace, I was like, we're going to make an, like a book lipstick line I feel like that would sell don't you agree I think that I, yeah I think that's a really good idea I think that would so be. we'll do the wedding veil yeah. we'll put that yeah. the wedding veil yeah um okay and last best advice you've ever received the best advice I've ever received you know I think it would have to be for my grandmother and one of her big things is she always says like this too shall pass and like even now like I mean she's 95. So she's seen a lot of things in the world. So if, when I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything's so awful and everything's falling mm -hmm. apart and you know, all these terrible things are happening. And she's always kind of like, yeah, but it's happened before and it'll happen again. And you know, it's, it's just, I think when you've lived that long and you've seen that much, you sort of have that perspective of like, well, you know, bad things come and go and yeah. you just get through the best you can. So I, that's I love my favorite. that. Yeah. I love that. And it is true. It's very true. So yeah. I love yeah. that from your grandma. Um, okay. So March 29th, everyone's going to go buy the wedding veil. It's happening. If, if not before, I mean, we, we highly encourage pre-orders. <laughs> pre-orders. I mean, totally we're, we can do pre-orders. Um, and you're going to keep us so we can find friends and fiction on Facebook. What's your Instagram mm -hmm. handle? I'm at Christy W Harvey, um, w. on Harvey. Instagram. And I'm Christy Woodson Harvey on Facebook, which I know is confusing, but like I had Instagram, I was never planning on writing books when I had Instagram, when I got Instagram, I mean, you know, that wasn't like now. in my, yeah. Well, so I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to be, and I did, I mean, I like people don't call me, I mean, people call me Christy Harvey, you know, it's not like, yeah, so I, right. I never really imagined that I should have Christy Woodson Harvey. Um, it's my handle. So here we are. So I'm Christy W Harvey. Here we are. Here you yeah. are. Well, I mean, I'm definitely going to see you next March. <laughs> same, same place. 
and same I, time, same I, might have a, I might have a new platform at that point. Who knows? I know. You'll, Who knows? You'll just jump in with me, yeah. but I, I love always catching up with you. And I feel like, like I said, there's few authors where I was just starting out as a blogger and I, re- I can so vividly remember getting these first few books. And I was like, how do people even get books in the mail? Like for free? Like, what is this world? And your book, I still have the bookmark and there's like an inscription. It's literally <laughs> like a manuscript that's like orange with just the yeah. title. It wasn't even, it was like, yes, original. Yes. No, so my first two <laughs> books are with Berkeley and like, that was like, there were, there was no like color cover. They were orange for my first two books, Dear Carolina orange. and Lies and Other Acts of Love. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't orange. even know, like I was so green and like bookstagram was so new that like, I didn't so even new. know that other people didn't have that right like I just thought right. that was what advanced I don't even think like. bookstagram was like a thing like I, I just think it really, was I just there think were it was bloggers. like bloggers blogs that's were, what well that's were, what I started I love how I did that like I, I still I blog every well day. I think bloggers, bloggers. Are great. but um but it was it was bloggers it wasn't mm-hmm. there was no real bookstagram and so that was like yeah I just went I mean I just hounded everyone on the internet that I could possibly find and sent them my orange manuscript well, I'm so happy you found me. I'm so happy I have an orange manuscript. I still have it on my bookshelf with all the mementos. I keep it all together because I'm like, these someday are going to be like- Orange is chic. Orange is chic. Totally. <laughs> um, but please keep me posted on anything and everything. And I'm so excited to just see all the fun things that just keep happening for you. Oh, it's so fun you. to watch. So thank, thank you. you. Well, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. And I'm so excited about the podcast. Great. Thank you. And thank you everybody for tuning in. We will be back next week.